Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Let Tend Dental make your dream smile a reality. We offer a variety of top-rated treatments, including Invisalign aligners. And for a limited time, Tend is offering $750 off orthodontic treatments. Offer valid through January 31st, so don't wait. Visit hellotend.com slash sale. That's hellotend.com slash sale. And book your free consult today. First and Pod, hosted by Danny Parkin and Andrew Filipponi. Next game, when do we consider the Vikings a threat to win the NFC? They beat Arizona again today, still only have one loss. Uh, only when we think there's a way for Philadelphia to not get the number one seed. Because we saw that matchup. Not yeah, not only that, but Minnesota scores a bunch of points at home. They've averaged they've they've scored at least twenty eight points in every home game. They've got to play there, in my opinion. So we take them seriously in that they can win the NFC North, get a home playoff game, and win that against an NFC wild card team. Oh, dude, I mean they're winning the North. Yeah, so that's like they would need they're four up on the loss column on the Packers. Yeah, they need chaos. They need absolute. They they would need the Eagles to lose a divisional round game or something like that, you know. Yeah, but or I the mean, Niners I, to get injured. I don't know something like that. That's yeah. It's just it's it's just it's a weird thing. They 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 have one loss. They have they have star talent, and you know if I like, would you be shocked if they like beat the Cowboys in a playoff game? No, I, not at all. I wouldn't, right? Like they can make it to the NFC Championship game. Yeah. So I guess in, to answer your question at that point, you'd have to. You'd have to say yeah. that they're. A cont- That's what I'm saying. Like the, and I, I know this has been a theme of mine now for like four weeks. But and I, it, maybe people are like, we want you to just talk week to week about the specifics of that game. But the goddamn Minnesota Vikings have one loss, and I don't really consider them a contender until you start doing hypothetical matchups with teams that it would take for them to play in the NFC playoffs. And you're like, Oh yeah. Well, short of what they did against green Bay in week one, they don't have like a signature game where America sat down to watch them and they won, you know? Yeah. You know, they have, they've been out of sight, out of mind. They beat Miami when Tua was out, you know, they haven't really played in a spot yet. You know, they still got Buffalo later. Let's see what they can do there. They still have to play the jets. You know, I think they play that entire division, which is 500 or better. So they'll have opportunities outside of the NFC North. They've taken care of business in, in division. I actually, again, watched that game 
And I'm intrigued by Arizona with Brown, Hopkins, and Connor if they can get Connor back. Because if they have Brown, Moore, Hopkins, Ertz at tight end, and Connor, then they should finish ahead of the Rams. And if Seattle were to come, like, we're trying to find seven teams. They've got an offense on paper to be a seven, an eight, when nine is that team. Air, when, that's a good point. When When is the Cardinals-Seahawks next game? Like, when do they? When well, do they, they already win? lost to them. They right. already lost like that. In, I think it was like 19-9 or something like that, or 16-9 was the final score. Yeah, I don't know. I'd just be I'd be interested to know because like that that division is just so unbelievably open. So I'm gonna try to pull. Well, they've try. lost to the Rams and they've lost to the Seahawks. I know that. Yeah. So November sixth, Bill says. November sixth. Okay. So they That's got. Next week. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Next week. Next week we'll get to see it because my fighting Geno Smiths still in first place in the uh, in the NFC West. Okay. Next game. Carolina, Atlanta. What is the bigger story? That the Atlanta Falcons are 500 in first place in a division? Mm-hmm. Or DJ Moore taking off his helmet and not getting an extra point to win that game? Moore by far. That, to me, is a is, horrible rule. Yes. I remember the Browns lost a game. It might have been their expansion year because the dude threw a helmet after the last play of the game. They got like a stop on fourth down or like, they thought the game was over. I think it was Rudd was the guy's last name. He threw his helmet. They flagged him. They kicked a field goal and they ended up losing. Yeah. Um, I had not seen it. That's like 20 years ago. I've not seen it come out again and cost a team a game. I still haven't seen it in a way where it like was it a taunt was it just the strict interpretation of you can't take your helmet off? Or was it a taunting penalty? I'm confused. Yeah, I mean. What I saw was took his helmet off. You know, he jumped it like he kind of like jumped up onto the stands, like kind of quasi Lambo leap, like he was celebrating fairly, like yeah. you know, whatever. But dude, it's so dumb. The play was over. He yeah. took his helmet off. He wasn't even on the field to play. He was behind the end zone. Like if he would have just like his helmet off and like ran off the field and been out offside out, outside of the field to play. I think that would be allowed. But because he was celebrating and lingered back there, it's a penalty. I don't know. It's just I felt bad for for Walker, for the quarterback. Like, how many moments is that guy going to get? Yeah. You know what well, I mean? Like, he might he's, – he's going to probably get the rest of the year there. Well, okay, the sure. Things. But, they're, but they're awful. So – how, like how many situations is PJ Walker going to have to throw a game-winning fourth-quarter hail mary in the in in the NFL? That might be his only chance. It was a great throw too. It was, an it was awesome not a throw. It was not a luck play. He threw it behind the defenders that were in stride with Moore and threw it where only the wide receiver could get it after he rolled out on the play too. Yeah, it was tremendous. It was it was great. So I just I was like, oh my god! Like your whole I life gotta say from that moment. The minor league quarterbacks, the guys that played in the bullshit leagues, Walker and Heineke, they are fun to watch. I mean, these I guys. I Heineke. It's kind of like Flutie come Jeff Garcia and Flutie and the old CFL guys who come back to the NFL. There's something about the way that they play that as backups, it's fucking entertaining, man. It really is. Yeah, they, they, I don't want a backup who is going to just 
run my offense and you know you check a lot down. of Cooper Rush. Check, right, check down Josh McCown. Check check down, be super conservative, like execute game plan. Chase no, Daniel. I, yeah, I want a chucker. I want yeah. I want a live wire act. Three hundred yards, three touchdowns, three picks. Let's like six interceptable balls, fifteen air yards per pass. Like yeah, really re- really get after it. Uh, all right, this game was the only matchup today of winning teams buried smack dab in the middle of the rundown. Giants Seahawks. Seahawks win one, both, or neither, making the playoffs. Whoo boy. Wow. I get this is gonna sound crazy. I get a little bit, I get a little bit of 99 Rams vibes on the Seahawks. A little bit. Okay, well, let's slow down. Well, but hear me out. The great receive the two great receivers, yeah. Lockett and Metcalf, the slot guy Oz Hakeem, Mark Marquise Goodwin, great running back Falk Walker, the redemptive oh, Marshall Falk's a Hall of Famer. Walker has two starts. Who cares? Okay. Well, I, I mean, can't. I can't deal with. I can't refute. Who cares? I mean, well, hold on a second. I'm not saying that he'll have a Marshall Falk career. But we see young running backs have Hall of Fame years all the time. Now, maybe the next year they fall off a cliff. Maybe they never do it again. I mean, you were in Kansas City. Guys like Larry Johnson did it. I mean, Priest Holmes was amazing for two or three years. I mean, it happens. I mean, I I think this guy is right now one of those dudes. Well, so I wasn't going to do the historical comp, but I was going to ask you, Geno Smith, Kurt Warner's the last one, obviously. Let me at least say that. They'll make a movie about him someday, too, maybe. If his yeah. wife's a compelling enough character. Do you think Kevin James could play Geno Smith? Or no, Kevin he James did, Sean Payton. He already did Sean Payton. Sean Payton. No, he's got the football movie thing down, yeah. My bad. I thought he, yeah, I forgot who played Kurt Warner in that They'd one. have like a 70-year-old Denzel Washington play Geno Smith, because I feel like. All right, can you name the teams in the NFL with more points scored than the Seattle Seahawks? Uh, well, the Chiefs had a bye week, so it can't be them. They're or, the only one. They still have more even without playing this weekend? Correct. That's pretty badass. <laughs> yeah. Uh, wow. Okay. They are the only team with more points scored. Baltimore Ravens uh, are are right there. And that's your list, buddy. Pretty incredible. Pretty incredible. Yeah, you know, I I hesitate. And the, and, the, and the Bills are a game short, so you know they're they'll 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 be there too. But I mean, I, I I hesitate to say the Giants because you know I think they can and, and probably will get to ten wins, which would be enough. But I don't feel great in saying that. I mean, they Saquon didn't practically nothing today. They've got no wide receivers. Jones didn't turn the ball over, but really what happened to them today was th- their luck ran out. Their pu- their return man fumbled the ball twice, and that's why they lost the game, honestly. They were due for something like that to happen to them. Seattle felt pretty easy today to me. Oh, I had them. Yeah, I, I liked did them too. today a lot. Uh, yeah, like 
the Giants keep winning and they get absolutely no respect in the gambling market. Like that tells mm-hmm. you something. Mm-hmm. So, and well, the other and New York, the other New York teams was like just like, too. oh, no DK Metcalf. So I'm going to bet the Giants. Like that just that that felt so easy today. The other New York team had the same thing going for them today, where they were an underdog. I think for the 21st consecutive time against the Patriots. Yeah, that's that's a crazy stat. Um, but so, oh, for the record, I'll say one. Okay. I don't. They're both. They're both not making it. One will. Who's um, the one? I think it's Seattle because they're the better team. I yeah. I I get. I give slight lean to Seattle, and I just. I don't know. I don't have the same faith that you do. That the Cardinals are in a. Cardinals or Rams are going to wake up. I still like San Francisco out of the division, but I, I could see Seattle get in the seventh seed. Okay. Dolphins and Lions. I, I, I'm going to lay out my opinion here in the question. I didn't watch the whole game, but the numbers are just completely ridiculous. Again, for Tua. But when you see the highlights or the recap, or they go in on red zone. It feels to me like it is spectacular plays being made by Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell on largely or too often underthrown passes or things that are schemed pretty damn impressively. But Tua's numbers are amazing. But these receivers are literally off to a historic start, right? Waddle had eight catches, 106 yards, two touchdowns. They've got almost 1,700 yards between the two of them, a Super Bowl record for teammates through the first eight games of a season. Are we sure two is good, or is he propped up by a perfect supporting cast? No, you have to say he's good now because we look at what they've done without him in there, and it's not much. They they have not won – Without him and Bridgewater, okay, is, is it Kirk Cousins? Is it Kirk Cousins with Dalvin Cook and Thielen and Jefferson, or before him Diggs, or is it Dak Prescott with three All Pros sure. on the offensive line yeah. and uh, you know Des Bryant and yeah, I'm, I'm, and Zeke? I'm okay with that. I'm okay, okay with that comparison. Like you know, that, I was, that's, that's what I'm wondering. But, but, but you well, you get worried about paying that guy, man. I I don't disagree with that. I mean my. I've I've been a staunch to a defender, but it was more along the lines of like, I think he's an he's an I think he's an above average average starter. He's not a guy that deserves to get benched for Ryan Fitzpatrick or Jacoby Brissett. You know, shit like that bothered me. I didn't think he was given with Flores the the fairest shakes. Um, and yeah, I mean, you watch the game; Hill gets. 20 yards behind the defender and he's got to wait for the ball to get to him. We know he's not a great deep thrower. He is trying to make those plays and he is because the guys are getting so open, but he's surrounded by this amount of talent. You can win with him, but I I don't look at him as just, if I'm a Dolphins fan, I would just be worried, man. I like you have, they got to make a decision on him and I would wonder if we have cre- if they have created an infrastructure where basically anyone would be really productive and then you wait till you can get someone special or you can get a, like a veteran who's special who wants to force their way there 
Yeah, but let me let let me but let me say this though. I think if you flip the quarterbacks today, I think Detroit wins the game. Um, I think if you give Tua, Amon Ross, St. Brown, Hawkinson, Swift, I think he beats. I think he beats Goff. So there's for me, there's a tier from Goff who went to a Super Bowl and had one great year, and then up to what you're saying with like Kirk Cousins. And and Dak is a little bit above that. Yeah, but I'm saying like I'm saying like what we thought Dak was like two years ago. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think it. I, 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 dude, I'm with you. I think it's a tough call, but I also don't think because of his injuries and stuff and what's happened with him. I also am not sure he's played enough games where he we can say definitively that he can't get to another level above where he's at right now. And I'm not saying definitively that he can't either. I'm just saying based on... But you're saying he, you're not going to give him $45 million a year right now, and I would agree with you on that. Yeah, I, and, and and I would just be terrified that like the production is such that you're going to feel like you have to. And they might have done such a perfect job of building the supporting cast that they would get 90% of the offensive production yep. with a quarterback who you could pay 30% of the salary to. 